Girlfriends, episode number 97, Have a Heart Like Mary. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're talking about how to have a heart like Mary's as we head into the holiday season. I can't wait to share with you, so let's get started. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome to another show. Welcome to another episode. Welcome to a new week, a short week. I'm going to be um, sharing just a few thoughts with you here today. This is going to be a shorter episode than usual because I have a lot to do and I'm sure you do too, but I didn't want to skip a week of sharing here together as girlfriends, especially as we're preparing for Thanksgiving, which honestly is one of my favorite holidays. Well, it's my favorite secular holiday, okay? You know, all the spiritual meaning behind holidays and holy days aside, I love the essence of what Thanksgiving is. And part of that is really just the fact that it's focused on family and it's focused on coming together for a shared meal, which we as Catholics get, right? This is this is Eucharist. This is this is what we do. And uh, so I really love and appreciate the the beauty of that, but also the idea of coming together to be grateful. We've talked about the importance of gratitude on the show before. And I just love that we have a national holiday that makes everybody pause and think about what they're thankful for. I think that is so appropriate. And I think it's great to do it together as a family and with extended family. So it's a busy time of year. Uh, definitely, I think there are some of us, and I'm included, sometimes, you know, I have my moments where we're kind of looking ahead to the coming weeks with a, a sort of a sense of dread, sort of a sense of overwhelm. And, you know, my my hope and my prayer for you is that um, what I share here today might help you to kind of pause inside of those moments where you're tempted to give in to the overwhelm, tempted to give in to the negative feelings. Um, anyway, speaking of gratitude, I am grateful for peppermint mocha. That's what I'm having my second cup of already, although it's still very early in the morning here on Tuesday. I love peppermint mocha. And that doesn't mean I make like a fancy peppermint mocha. I just buy the totally artificial fake food flavored creamer. And I only do it at this time of year. In fact, this is cheating a little bit. And my daughter called me out on it. I usually only have peppermint mocha starting at Thanksgiving. So beginning on Thanksgiving day, but I bought it yesterday and I could not resist this morning. I know it's fake food, and this goes against everything that I usually do and everything that I usually practice or, or try to practice with regard to my eating plan, but I love the peppermint mocha, and you know what? I'm going to make an exception. I'm going to enjoy peppermint mocha in my coffee in, hopefully, moderation. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of moderation, there's not a whole lot of that this week, we, whereas we're preparing for Thanksgiving I, you know, it's so funny because we have a short week, of course, those of us who work or go to school um, and your kids are probably going to be home and your husband will be home, hopefully for both days. I know some people do work holidays and um, I'm going to be praying for those of you who are working on holidays. I always remember to do that because before we were married and when we were engaged, Dan worked uh, as a manager at a pharmacy. It was a 24-hour place and he worked every single holiday because he was like the new guy, you know, and I dreaded every holiday because we weren't going to be together and he missed all the, you know, events and the family meals. And yeah, he got to mass for Christmas, but it was like completely, you know, not the usual thing. And I, I really felt that 
Um, and, you know, I know holidays have different meanings for different people, and maybe it's not quite so uh, so much of a sacrifice for other people. But, uh, you know, our, our modern culture makes it so that we have to have, supposedly have to, these 24-hour places or, um, you know, I understand doctors and police officers and doctors and nurses. Yeah, those those are the kinds of services that, yeah, we can't truly take a break from. But um, so anyway, if you or your spouse or any of your loved ones aren't able to be with you, celebrate with family in the usual way, I'm going to be praying for you because I know that's a huge sacrifice and I, I know how hard it is. So, um, you know, I, I hope your preparations for Thanksgiving are going well. I don't know if you're hosting or not. I host every single year. And that is because Dan doesn't want to eat any of any other Thanksgiving dinner, which is sort of a compliment. It's nice and it's cute. Um, but and I also, like I said, I love Thanksgiving. I love all the preparation of it. I actually love to cook and I love to cook a big meal like that. It used to seriously stress me out early on in my marriage when I didn't have much, much experience doing it. But now I'm pretty confident about making Thanksgiving dinner. I know what my family likes. And um, so I'm looking forward to that part. Even though it's work, I, I enjoy it. And it's a nice break from my usual routine to not be you know, doing the normal stuff around the house and just be totally focused on making this Thanksgiving dinner, making all the pies ahead of time and that sort of thing. So whether you're hosting or not, or whether you enjoy the cooking or not, I'm I'm thinking of you and I'm praying for you this Thanksgiving season. Tonight, we're picking up my son Ambrose at the airport late tonight in Boston. He's flying in from uh, where he goes to school at Ave Maria down in Florida. So we're super excited. I can't wait to see him. It feels like it's been a really long time and it'll be really great to have him home, even though he can only just stay through the weekend and he has to go back. We'll see him again at Christmas. And um, my other son, Eamon, who's also away at school, but we see him more regularly because he's closer. He'll also be home. So I'm very conscious of the fact that it's a blessing that we're all going to be together for this particular holiday because I know I can see into the future just a little bit, and I know it's not always going to be like that. It's not always going to be possible for all of us to be together, probably. So I'm not taking that for granted, especially this holiday season. But that said, I want to talk about how to have a heart like Mary. This is something I've been thinking about, especially as we're going into the holiday season. Mary is such a great example for us women, for all of us, truly. But uh, for women in particular, I think because of her feminine qualities and the ways in which she represents for us the ideal woman. And what does that mean? What does that look like? And I, I'm just fascinated by how little we hear about Mary in the scriptures, and yet how meaningful what we hear is. So, um, you know, I once heard a prayer, and I try to think of this when I'm receiving Holy Communion. The a suggestion was to pray this prayer before receiving Holy Communion. It was just a very simple little prayer, um, asking Mary to give you her heart to receive Jesus in communion. I thought that was a beautiful idea because, you know, Mary is the perfect, sinless human being. We are sinful, weak creatures, and Jesus comes to us anyway uh, out of such great, generous love and the and a great example of humility. Jesus comes into our hearts anyway through Holy Communion, even though we're weak and flawed creatures. But how much more beautiful a place is Mary's heart than my heart to receive Jesus? And so asking Mary before communion to give you her heart or give you a heart like hers to receive Jesus properly in communion, I thought that's such a beautiful prayer. And it's one that I try to keep in mind and not just at communion time. 
I think it's a great prayer to pray to ask to have a heart like Mary's. And it's something that we can work toward, especially if we're more conscious of it, you know. Um, So in talking about having a heart like Mary's, I like to look at the scriptures. And like I said, there's not a ton, right? If you're going looking for all these great descriptions of Mary and her thoughts and feelings and experiences and all the details of what was going on with her, not going to find a whole lot. There, There is, Mary is definitely present and a significant uh, person in scripture, but it's it's not all that in depth. And there's there's a lot that's kind of left unsaid or um, not not described about Mary. And I think that that alone is meaningful, but we'll get to that. So I just want to read this one uh, scripture passage from Luke chapter two, verses 15 to 20. This, of course, is the one that I have my kids memorize sometimes and uh, about the birth of Jesus. And this is in particular uh, when when the shepherds had come anyway. So when the angels went away from them to heaven. The shepherds said to one another, Let us go then to Bethlehem to see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the infant lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known the message that had been told to them about the child. All who heard it were amazed by what had been told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all of these things, reflecting on them in her heart. That is so, so meaningful to me, those words, those beautiful words. Uh, In this moment, this huge moment, right? You cannot even imagine how momentous a moment in history this was, right? Where God has made man. God is, is come down to earth in this great act of generous love. Jesus is born. And it's being made known to the shepherds exactly what's going on here. And all who hear it are amazed. It's this most amazing moment in all of history, but for sure in Mary's life. You can imagine how overwhelming all of this must be that to be a part of this and to be present there in that moment. Wow, uh, such a powerful thing to be a part of. And yet, what does what does Luke tell us about Mary in that moment? In that momentous moment, Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. And I think that is such a beautiful passage, such a beautiful description of a woman's heart, especially, and Mary, the perfect woman, her heart, that she's keeping these things and reflecting on them in her heart. It's a uniquely feminine way, I think, to approach things, especially things that are sacred, especially things that are beautiful and meaningful. And it's a great example to each of us about how to approach those important things in our lives. And I mean relationships and those those important moments and um, the times when something large is happening or something big is changing in our lives. It's a great, There's a great lesson inside of those, those few little words there describing what's going on with Mary. A great lesson to us about how to approach these things with a heart like Mary's, keeping these things. You know, years ago, I I wrote a column about keeping Christmas, and it was very much reflecting on on this same passage. But the idea of how everything at Christmas time, especially for women, turns into this huge distraction that tries to pull us away from the true meaning of Christmas, right? It's the battle. That's why so many of us are kind of facing the coming weeks with dread and 
overwhelm because there is that kind of battle that goes on where we're being pulled into the outside, pressured by so many different things, social things and um, financial pressures and family obligations and all the expectations that we have this time of year, those outside pressures, and yet truly wanting to recognize the meaning of what we're celebrating at Christmas time. So um, I, what I find here in in this passage about Mary is this idea that we're the keepers. We women are the keepers. We keep things, right? Uh, I, I like thinking about this because we, we keep traditions. I mean, we're the reason why everybody's gathering around for a turkey dinner, right? If it were up to the guys, I mean, okay, sorry, guys, there might be some, some exceptions out there. Don't, don't email me. But, uh, you know, it's because of women, because we're keeping the tradition, because we see that it's important. We keep the traditions in our homes and our families, all the things that we do that are meaningful. We keep those little scraps, the drawings that our kids do, or a little note, or, you know, those little things, we keep them. I'll never forget the time when uh, we were helping Dan's dad go through some of the things in his basement and he gave us a box of Dan's things from when he was little. And one of them was like this little tiny box and uh, it was like, it looked almost like a ring box or something. And I, it was fancy and I opened it up and (laughs) it was filled with Dan's baby teeth. (laughs) Like, you know, 20 plus years later, it was kind of creepy, kind of gross, but I get it. I get it. Keeping the teeth, right? So maybe you don't want to keep the teeth. Maybe we shouldn't be keeping the teeth, but it's a great gift to our world. It's a great gift to our families. It's a great gift to our friends that we women are the keepers. We keep the stuff, okay? We don't have to keep every single thing. And that's the big decluttering thing we're always talking about here. But we recognize the meaning of things and we keep them. So that's what I see there in that scripture passage talking about Mary keeping all these things. Mary kept all these things. Such beautiful, simple words to talk about what's going on with Mary there. She's keeping all of these things in her heart. So what a beautiful example for us as we're going into the holiday season. I don't know what's on your agenda, maybe some travel, maybe some, uh, you're going to find yourself sitting around a dinner table with people you don't usually spend time with, and that might bring some kind of friction for you. Um, Or maybe you are hosting and maybe you'd rather not be hosting, you know, that kind of thing. Um, But really, I want to, I want to encourage you in the coming week to think about keeping things and reflecting on them in your heart, having a heart like Mary as we approach the holiday season. And that means in the joys and in the sorrows of the days to come. So in the joys, in the joyful moments, one particular Thanksgiving moment that stands out to me was maybe eight or nine years ago now. Um, At Thanksgiving, it's just us, usually. Um, We've had other families come. We've had some of my family come before. And I love all of that. But um, Dan's dad is, uh, he lives nearby. And he's, he's really by himself. Um, He's a widower for many years. And uh, Dan's brother lives out in California. So he's not around. Um, He has some extended family around, but really, we're it for him. And uh, we like to invite him for Thanksgiving, of course. And I realized a few years back when we had other people come at Thanksgiving that it was uncomfortable for Dan's dad. He's not a real social guy and he wouldn't stay that long. And uh, there were a couple of times he tried to get out of coming over on Thanksgiving because he knew there were going to be other people here. It's not his jam. He doesn't like it. Um, So trying to be respectful of that. So um, for sure, you know, I get to see my family at other times. We're going to see my family over Thanksgiving weekend, but just on Thanksgiving day, it's going to be just us. 
And uh, so we started that, you know, several years ago, being just us at Thanksgiving plus Dan's dad. And um, one moment that really stood out to me several years ago was it was after the dinner and um, the the guys were and some of the some of my daughters too were you know watching football hanging out. There were some people playing a game at the at the table, and most of the cleanup had kind of been done or contained anyway. And I was just kind of hanging out in my kitchen by myself, but uh, just feeling so at home and at peace in that moment of. Uh, I don't know, I just fully recognized in that moment, it was really a, a moment of grace for me to recognize the privilege of having my family there and being in the middle of it and being able to be a part of that process to make those moments happen inside of my family where I was just very much aware of the fact that it was a grace-filled moment. It was a privilege to have that kind of joy in our home, to have those kinds of relationships in our home. And what a privilege it is for me as a mom and as a wife and as a daughter-in-law to be able to foster situations, to be able to create situations where that kind of thing can happen inside of our homes, inside of our families. There was such joy inside of that moment. And so I think that's what I'm what I'm trying to get at here when we talk about having a heart like Mary's is quieting yourself enough to be able to see those moments. Because if I had been like, you know, super focused on like, let's get the dishwasher running and, you know, pick up all the dessert plates or, you know, whatever in that moment, which is tempting. We all have that inner Martha, we know. Um, I would have missed that. And so, you know, keeping things in your heart and reflecting on them the way that Mary does means inside of those joyful moments, not being on your phone, right? Not having to make an Instagram story out of of every, you know, lovely thing that might happen. (laughs) Nothing against Instagram stories, but sometimes there's that temptation to be broadcasting everything or um, sharing everything by social media with with not our immediate family, with people outside of that, that don't matter as much, that aren't supposed to be as connected to us as our family is, or um, that we're not supposed to be as connected to as we are to our family. So having a heart like Mary inside of those joys of your family life, I really want to encourage you in in the coming weeks, but especially at this Thanksgiving to you know quiet yourself a little bit. Maybe that means not talking as much. Some of us do have that issue where we talk for the sake of talking sometimes, to fill the space sometimes. Maybe it means sitting in that quiet, just enjoying that peace, that space that you can find, even if it's only interiorly. Sometimes that's the only quiet you can find is inside of your own heart, is inside of keeping things and reflecting on them in your own heart. You know, there's a lot of lip service we give to the idea of being fully present, right? And sometimes I can't stand that kind of pressure that comes from social media or from the blogs or from the mommy advice columnists or whatever, be in the moment, be in the moment. And, you know, life is busy. Life is crazy. You can't always be in the moment and savoring every little bit of your your children's, you know, growing up or your family's interactions. But I do think it is possible and every one of us can um, improve in this area uh, to be more present and to quiet ourselves, even if it's just on the inside, to quiet ourselves physically and spiritually, to quiet ourselves and keep things, keep those things and reflect on them in your heart the way that Mary does. And then the flip side of that is our sorrows, right? That morning offering that I'm always trying to tell you guys to pray and encouraging you to pray talks about the joys and sorrows of our day, giving God the joys and sorrows of our day. So what does that mean? Why would he want that, right? We talked about offering it up, and um, that's one part of what we're talking about there. But 
How about having a heart like Mary inside of the sorrows? And even if they're small, even inside of those small things, maybe a tiny disappointment or something that doesn't go your way or a a cutting comment that you're not sure how to take in a conversation or um, even an all out fight with somebody that, sorry, it's going to (laughs) happen. The coming weeks, they're going to be fights. And I don't mean necessarily, hopefully not like an all out brawl, but they're going to be arguments. There's going to be tensions. People rub up against each other. There's all kinds of pressures and there's going to be a lot of tension. Uh, I remember I gave a talk years ago um, to a group of women, and it was like how to, I think the title of it was something like how to Christmas proof your marriage, like preparing yourself in Advent for the fact that this is going to be a stressful time in your relationship and recognizing that the importance of recognizing that ahead of time. But it's a stressful time in, in, in your family life and in your personal life and in your spiritual life that um, so there are going to be times when you're disappointed, there are going to be times when you're hurt. And to have a heart like Mary in those moments how do you keep those things and, and reflect on them in your heart? I think it's by giving it to God, not taking charge and trying to control the situation, not whining and complaining or getting back at people or having the last word. And um, it's really very much a more open and receptive thing. You know, Mary's receptivity is something we talk about sometimes to be imitated. The idea that Mary was open to God's will. That means in the good things and in the bad things, the the easy things, the fun things, the beautiful things, and the messy stuff, the hard stuff, the sacrificial stuff, open to God's will, receptive to what God is asking her to do. And that's what he wants from us too, our joys and our sorrows. He's looking for that. So I want to encourage you in the coming weeks, maybe take a moment now and just say a little prayer to asking God and asking Mary to give you a heart like hers. Ask Mary to help you to have a heart like hers this holiday season, to be open to it all and to experience it with God. Ask God to help you to have a heart like Mary's and to keep all the things that are coming in the coming weeks. Keep all those things and reflect on them in your heart. Part of what many of us will be doing in these coming days is coming together and reflecting on those things that we're thankful for. And so in the spirit of that, I want to just take a moment now to thank you for being a part of this podcast. Thank you for writing to me, emailing me, sending me voicemail, commenting on social media, and being a part of our community here in any way that you are. But most of all, and I keep saying this, but it is so true, thank you for just being here. I'm so grateful for your presence. It is such a joy and an encouragement to me just knowing that you're a part of what I share here and that you let me into your life a little bit. It's such a privilege and such a joy for me to be able to connect in this way through Girlfriends. So this Thanksgiving, I want to take a moment to say thank you. I'm thankful for you. Thank you for being here. I hope you have a beautiful, joyful Thanksgiving. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a DanielleBean.com production. Know your worth, find your joy. Girlfriends.